So good morning once again, and happy Mother's Day to every mom in this room, whether you've had biological children, fostered, adopted, um, even spiritually mothered um, children in your life. This is a day to celebrate you. Um, my mom used to say, it's every day is Mother's Day. Show me that you love me every day, not just on one day of the year. I like that better. Um, but um, I just wanted to bring honor to Miss Margaret. She is um, the most experienced mom in the room. <laughs> um, and, and that's amazing. We can learn so much. And um, Heather, <laughs> you're the youngest mom in the room <laughs> with little baby um, Adeline. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I just wanted to make those two mentions. Um, but to all the moms in the room, happy Mother's Day. Um, you deserve it. It's not easy. When I said the struggle is real, the struggle is real, right? Coming to church and you're getting all your kids ready and you feel like you've lost your salvation by the time you got to the door and you're like, oh my word, I need a touch from God. Um, but he rides us through it. So today I have the honor of sharing with you a word that's in my heart. Um, a word that I didn't even know was there. Um, but it has been there for quite some time. And as Ed and I were um, talking about Mother's Day, um, he said, you know, is this something that you would want to do? No pressure. I know I'm your husband and the pastor of the church. No pressure. And I'm like, yeah, sure, no pressure. Submission, you know. So, um, no, he was really great about it. He said, you don't have to do this if you don't feel like this is something that you feel the Lord leading you to do. And as I prayed about it, um, came to find that there was a, a word there in my heart that has been there for quite some time. And that's what I'm going to share with you all tonight, today. Um, so before we, uh, I'm going to pray, but before we do that, I have these two gentlemen here in the front that are going to, that fell, are going to pass out some tools that we're going to use for today's message. So stand up. I think you guys are familiar with these little t um, tools. If not, it'll bring memories from when you were kids. Scratch art. You guys know scratch art? Yeah, you love scratch art. So it's a black piece of paper, and when you scratch it with a sharp tool, some glorious colors comes out. Amazing. <laughs> you can't use it. Don't use it yet. You're going to use it soon. You can take notes on it later. If you're the type of people that take notes during messages, it's good to take notes. You feel like you need more than one, go ahead and ask. You're a heavy writer. Take lots of notes. All right. Clip this. There you go. No, just trying to clip it so it doesn't fall because I tend to move. All right. So as they uh, just pass out those cards, I'm just gonna pray. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you for this day. I thank you for this time. I pray, Lord, that um, as I open your word, as I read through these words, that you would come to life, that you would teach us something new today that we haven't seen. Um, Father, I, I know that there is so much richness and goodness in your word, and um, every time we, we open it, there's something that you show us. And so this morning, I just pray that you would show us something, that we would take something in our hearts this morning, that we are forever changed. Father, we trust you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so they're going to continue to pass this on. So 
I am going to take you guys through three different chapters in the Bible, and we're going to start in Genesis 3. If you have your Bible, your app, you can open that up. If not, Jake's going to put it on behind me. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and, gave, and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid, so I hid because I was naked. And he said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat? And we're just going to stop right there for a minute. So, as I'm reading here in the beginning, right, and um, I'm not going to sit where probably a lot of you think I'm going to sit. It was the woman you gave me, Lord. It was the woman. <laughs> we're not going down that road. Um, what I want to point out here is in verse 7, then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. The man and the woman ate. The man and the woman and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of day and they hid from the Lord among. They hid because they were afraid. They hid because they feared. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about intimacy. I feel like that's something that um, has been on my heart for quite some time. And intimacy is a beautiful thing. And we can see it here in, in, in the very beginning where the intentionality of the Lord with us was to be so intimate with us that we didn't have to fear anything. We could just walk vulnerably, exposed who we were, and we didn't have to fear. But as soon as sin entered, then now there is fear. Now we are hiding something. Now the Lord is still walking in the garden in the cool of the day, as he accustomed to do with Adam and Eve, just chilling, walking around. And they hid. And the Lord's like, why are you hiding? I mean, he knew. But why are you hiding? Um, because I was afraid. Why were you afraid? Because now I've seen my nakedness. Now I've seen that I've done something that I was not supposed to do, and now I'm afraid. Okay. 
Let's go now to Genesis 18. I promise it's all going to make sense. <laughs> okay, Genesis 18 says, The Lord appeared to Abram near the greatest trees of Mamre. While he was sitting to the entrance to his tent, the heat of the day, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance to his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and jump all the way down. So 18 is talking about Abraham being visited by these three men, and he hurried up and cooked up the fattest cow and all the goodies that he can possibly muster up for them. Um... And then we're going to go all the way to 9, where he says, Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked. There, in the tent, he said. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your, son, your wife, will have a son. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> totally okay. I love it. That's probably what Sarah was longing to hear. The sound of a, of a baby. I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Just like any good wife would, right? People come in, it's like, what's going on over there? See three men? You asked me to cook a feast? I want to know what's happening over there. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my master is old, will now will I now have this pleasure? So look at verse 12. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought. So I've read this in the past, and I've been like, wow, Sarah was really mean. Like She's like, ha, 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 how can I ever be pregnant? I am so old. But then when I was reading this again, I saw it like she thought. She didn't really like say anything. She didn't speak out of content. She, she laughed to herself and she thought so no really words were said she thought and she laughed so now I'm looking at Sarah just kind of you know in a different way she's standing there at the entrance of her tent she's like, huh. Huh. like that kind of laughter like huh maybe really now that I'm old now I'm going to have the pleasure of having a child the Lord said to Abraham why did Sarah laugh and say Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is everything anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied. I did not laugh. But he said, yeah, you did. You laughed. <laughs> you laughed. There's nothing hidden. Everything is exposed with the Lord. She was afraid. So she lied. In the beginning in Genesis 3, when I just read, they were afraid, so they hid. And now we start to see the fear factor coming in. Sarah was afraid, so she lied. I didn't. I didn't laugh. How, did, how could you even know that I laughed when I laughed quietly in the entrance of the tent and the thoughts were to myself? Because nothing is hidden. Nothing is hidden with the Lord. First King 19. Ready? <laughs> now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me 
be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make make your life like that one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. So here we see again, Elijah was afraid, but he ran. I'm going to read it a little bit further down. Uh, Number four, while he himself went a day's journey into the desert, he came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Anyone been there? I've had enough? Yeah. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than any ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree, and he fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. There's there Elijah, fearful, so he ran. He lay down. He was tired. Like, Lord, just take my life. I'm done. Instead, an angel came, touched him, opened his eyes, and we see not just a little sandwich, Colds or cold pizza. I know some people like cold pizza, but it's not me. I like things hot. But there's like cake or bread or, you know, hot coals and water in a jar. You know, that was, that was pretty, pretty pricey. Water in a jar. But what I want to focus on this here is to look from the beginning, Genesis 3, where it all started, where we have been exposed and now there's fear. Sarah, she feared, so she lied. Elijah, he was afraid, so he ran. In both of those instances, the Lord was trying to restore intimacy back with him. He wanted nothing but good gifts for his kids. And so we see Sarah was blessed later on with a child. Elijah had some yummy food to eat, and it was nice and warm. He didn't want to just leave you out under the broom tree or out to dry. He wants to give us good gifts. But something happened when sin entered, We, as we know. Something happened when we've allowed fear to enter. Okay. So now that I've given you these three scenarios, when I look at these scriptures, I see this, this line. Genesis 3, fear has entered. We realize now we're naked. Sarah was afraid, so she said a lie. Elijah was afraid, he ran. These three stories have something in common, and in big picture context is that the Lord is trying to draw out intimacy, restore intimacy back to himself. He's trying to bring us back to that place where we belong from the very beginning, walking in the garden with him, in the cool of the day, knowing his heart, knowing his voice, not being afraid and fearful of being exposed. So many times we're so afraid of being exposed because it's awkward and it doesn't feel great and it's uncomfortable because we're we're showing all of us, right? But why is it that we're so afraid of being exposed? Why are we hiding from 
the very one who created us, the very creator who knows our innermost being, we're hiding and we're in fear of being exposed. And how can we truly be transparent with one another and truly intimate in our relationship with one another if we can't even expose ourselves to Jesus Christ himself? How have we let fear just let us run, hide, lie? What happened from there to now? What, what, what's, I, I asked myself this, like, Lord, how did we get so far from the originality of, like, walking with you in the cool of the day, the intimacy restored? That's what I desire. I desire to know you, to love you, to know you so intimately that I walk with you daily, that it's not a religiousness of going, wait, I need to have this perfect setting of music and delights and this perfect area in order to hear from God. If I'm walking with him daily, then I am hearing his voice whisper to me daily. Then it's a constant calling out of the Lord to your heart because he's desiring to restore that great intimacy that we had in the beginning. Sin entered, things happened, but now he's drawing us back to restore that intimacy with him. Because guess what? It gets better. Jesus paid it all. The greatest act of exposure that could ever happen, happened. He laid it all for us. He completely exposed himself. No, I think about I think about Jesus, right? And um, I think about the Father first giving his son, right, as we know, Jesus, to walk with us as an act of intimacy, of trying to restore that intimacy. I think about walking, being one of those women that were walking with Jesus as he's walking and sharing the good news and talking. How close was that? That was intimacy with Jesus. Can't get any closer than washing someone's feet or laying your head on a rock wherever you may lay after preaching all day. Amen? That's intimacy. So Jesus, I think about that. My, like I put myself in that spot where, okay, Father, Son, to Son, and now let's think about that part of it. We were intimate. They were intimate with Jesus. And then the biggest thing he could have done was exposing that love Completely no fear, exposing that love, dying on the cross, and now giving us the Holy Spirit so that we can walk in boldness and confidence knowing that Jesus Christ died, that he exposed it all for us, that we should not have fear in being exposed. So trying to restore that intimacy back to him is what I want to share with you guys today. The Lord has put this in my heart um, about being intimate with him, about walking with him. And I see it, and as I was looking through these three scriptures, the Lord, they're like, you know, how do, how, do we, how do we bring them back together? It's because there's a connection. First, very first thing, sin entered the world. God was like, the Lord was like, man, all I wanted was intimacy with you. All I wanted to be was just so close to you. 
that we're, we're tight. All right. You ate from the tree, told you not to. There is a consequence for that because any good father disciplines and gives consequences to their children. And yet still, as we keep looking in through the other chapters and verses and books that I read, even though Sarah laughs because she was afraid and she lied, even though Elijah runs because he was afraid and he ran, he still wants to give good gifts and he's still trying to restore that intimacy with us. So I would pose and ask you, are you afraid of being exposed? Are you afraid to expose your heart to the very creator? Why are we running? Why do we hide? Why do we lie? What is it that's keeping us from connecting back to that intimacy that he wants had with us walking in the garden. That's the word that I have for you guys this morning. The scratch cards that I gave you, you can you can doodle in them now. I gave you these because, actually, I, I doodled in them last night. It was quite fun. Because right now they, they're black. Mine are showing a little bit of color. Yours, maybe not, because you haven't written in them yet. <laughs> maybe you took notes on them. Um, that's fear. The black is fear. And the Lord is that little tool, and he's just waiting I'm I'm just waiting. Ready? I want to write a new story in your heart. I want to reveal to you what is hidden. I want to expose truth to your heart. And so I gave you these this morning because I wanted you just to remember. It's a little visual. To remember that fear is not of the Lord. And he's just waiting for you to say, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I've been hiding, running, and lying way too long. And I'm ready for you to come and make a permanent imprint in my heart and expose everything that has been there from the very beginning, from the very beginning, as he tries so hard to restore that intimacy that we once had with him once again. I think that's so good because um, what she's talking about this morning is, is um, I mean, let's be honest, like, it, this is personal. <laughs> We're talking about exposure um, because only you and only I know really what's happening in here and especially in here because when we go and communicate with one with another, it's all about what you're doing here and the way you're, you choose how you want to express yourself. You choose what kind of expressions, facial expressions, what kind of words, how you want to interact. That's what you choose to show. But you know what's going on here, really, in your mind and in your heart. And this is what the Lord is after. And we look at these situations, and, every, and she's pointing out this, this um, idea of fear. 
we are the only ones that put up this barrier because of fear between us and the Lord. And it ends up playing out in our relationships with one another, but we're at the starting point today. It's with the Lord. When we allow fear to drive us, it drives different people different ways. Some want to just kind of hide away. Some want to put on a front and we want to lie and pretend to be something that we're not because we feel like we have to be somehow. Some people just want to run away from it all and just kind of start from scratch. I just need a fresh, I need a clean slate. But in each of these instances, we see that the Lord steps in and says, no, right where you are, I'm willing to meet you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to be anything. You don't have to say anything else. I want to meet you right where you are. And so fear has no place in the believer's life because when it comes down to it, fear inside of us is there really because it, it, it's, an, it's an unbelief. Do we really believe that the God is good and loving and that you don't have to do something to, to, to match up, to attain that? When we really believe it, now that fear just begins to melt away. And all of a sudden, now we regain that intimacy. And the, the closer that we grow to, in the Lord, the, the more that that intimacy is restored, the stronger you become in your faith in Christ, and the more bold you can now be. Like it says in the book of Hebrews, come before his throne with boldness, with confidence. And this is what his spirit gives us, the spirit in us, gives us confidence and boldness to be who we truly are created to be. Let's pray that over ourselves this morning. I thank you, Jesus, that you have given all of yourself, Lord Jesus, not withholding anything in order to bring us back to yourself, in order to bring us to the place where it all began, Lord God, walking daily in those quiet, intimate walks in the garden. Thank you, God, that you are in the process of restoring that even now. And Lord, we want to regain that intimacy. We want to regain that closeness with you, Lord Jesus. So Father, in, you see our hearts this morning. Any way in us, God, where we lack belief and now it's playing out in a form of fear and a response to that fear, oh Lord, I pray that you would speak light over that in our hearts. And I pray that uh, speak life over it, God, and that you would bring in healing in our hearts, Jesus so that we will no longer be driven by fear, but we will be fully driven by the Spirit of the living God inside of us. Bring us closer today, Lord Jesus, to you and closer to one another through it. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> one more thing I wanted to do before we end is ask all the moms to stand up. <laughs> So unscripted. Um, <laughs> he knows nothing. <laughs> we do have a special gift for you guys that you're going to get on the back. But um, I just wanted everyone else to take a look around at the woman in this room. Just give him applause. <laughs> this is your day. And um, I just wanted to say a special prayer for moms, from yeah. a mom's heart. Yeah, let's do it. To a mom. <laughs> Um, if there's a mom sitting next to you, would you extend your hand and just pray for her um, as we pray together? 
I got you, Heather, back there holding and rocking your baby. We're praying for you, too. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you for the privilege of being a mom. Thank you that you have given us children that we can care for and mother and nurture. Father, I pray for every single mom here right now that you would just pour out just a a refreshing spirit upon their hearts, God. That you would renew their strength. That if they're, if they're tired and, and it's draining and it's trying, I pray right now, God, that your Holy Spirit would just come and renew their strength. That they would find comfort in you. Moms that are nursing through the night and waking up to babies crying, God, in that time, meet them where they're at. In the middle of the night when they have nothing left to give, come in like just a, a, a rain over them and overwhelm their hearts, that they may find that peace in you. As we're rushing to get kids ready to school, Father, I pray that you would be with our children, be with our hearts as moms, as we stand and we stay behind, and we entrust our children to you. We don't go with them to the school or to their activities, but we entrust our children to you, God. So as a mom that stays behind or goes to work, Give us peace about that, God. May we not worry about tomorrow with our children because they're in your hands. Father, I pray that you would just pour out a greater measure of your spirit upon every mom that is here. Take us to new places together. May we learn to lean on one another, moms that have more experience and more wisdom to the younger ones that were just coming right up along. Help us to just encourage one another to see each other as friends, as sisters. I pray against any division of comparison, any division of superiority or anything like that that is not of God. I pray against that in Jesus' name because we are one family. And so if we're one family, we treat each other as sisters. So for all the moms that are standing up, we thank you, God. We thank you that they're here. We thank you that they're standing on their two feet. We thank you that even though they want to pull their hair out sometime because their kids are pulling us from left to right, we are still standing because of you. It is only because of you and your strength that you have given us, God. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you, and we bring all honor to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.